The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the days were completed for their purification according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph took Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord, and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons in accordance with the dictate in the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and glory for your people Israel. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So I wanted to pick up where we left off last week in the homily and watch that video again. Because today we are now really launching this journey together called Ignite. And maybe you're saying, you know, I've been hearing about this thing, Ignite. What is Ignite? Well, I'm so glad that you asked. I want to take a little bit of time to just explain what we're doing and what this journey is about. So first of all, Ignite is a plan and a vision for our future. And we believe that the Holy Spirit has been leading us into this vision. What we want to do together is ignite a new fire. We want a new fire to be ignited in us, right, for Jesus and and for the people that he loves. We want to ignite a personal faith in every family for an eternal future. That's our goal. And ignite means that we have five goals to help us do this. First of all, the three first ones are all about expanding and expanding our ministry. Of those, the first one is this, we want to expand our early childhood ministry because we want to reach young families and ignite a new young faith in them. The second thing is that we want to expand our ministry to families, which means, of course, our school and our youth ministry and our children's ministry, but it means even more than that. We want to support every season of family life, whether you're young or old, married or single, with or without children. Third, we want to expand Jesus' love to the world. We want to get outside of our walls, personally learning to be witnesses to him in our everyday lives. But also we want to partner with local and global ministries so that we can reach out into Michiana, that we can even reach out around the globe. The fourth thing that we want to do is we want to ignite a stronger community. This is our home here at Trinity, these places. And family happens here inside of these walls. Family is formed. So we want to take good care of our home and also be able to make improvements that just help build that family up even more. And then the last thing is that we want to ignite our future. We don't know everything God has planned for the future. But what we do know is that we want to be ready for him. 
And that's why we want to aggressively pursue debt freedom together. Because we don't ever want debt to get in the way of, of doing what God's calling us to do. And we also want to be able to take all that money we would spend on interest and actually put it to a much better use for His kingdom. So those are the five goals of our Ignite vision. Now to get there means we're going to have to stretch, friends. We're going to have to make sacrifices. So the second thing about our Ignite journey is that we're asking God to ignite a newer and a greater generosity in every one of us so that we can do everything God's calling us to to do together here at Trinity. But it's not just that, right? We don't want to grow in generosity just for the Lord's work at Trinity, although that's worthy enough of itself. We want to become crazy generous people in everything we do, in everything that we are, because we have a crazy generous God. So that's what Ignite is really about. It is about our Lord igniting a fire in us. In fact, the sermon series that we're going to now be doing starting today here in February is a simple prayer to God, ignite the fire. Fire is a powerful image uh, that God uses all over the scriptures. And we're going to take a look at that throughout this month. And, but before we do, it's important that whenever we look at a metaphor or an image or a comparison in scripture, it's important that we, we get it right, that we get the first thing first. So here's what I mean. We don't say that God is like fire. It's the other way around. God is the fire. And every other kind of fire you can think of is kind of like God. See, ultimately, like everything else that he has created, God created fire to give us an image, to know who he is and what he's like and what he does. So today I want to talk about how fire gives light. We, of course, have light bulbs. I mean, when we were done lighting candles, we flipped on the lights and there you go. We've got plenty of light. But if you think about it, for most of the world's history, if you didn't have the the sun during the day or the moon reflecting it at night, then you had to have firelight, candles or torches or lamps. So go with me now all the way back to the beginning of the scriptures in the book of Genesis, and it says, in the beginning, darkness covered the earth, and then God said, let there be light. God said, let there be light. But God himself is the uncreated light. He's the firelight. And then he creates light. And he calls it day. Now it would be three more days before he creates the sun, which is a fiery ball of light. And also the moon that then reflects the sun's light. So day one, he creates the light, but it's more than just creating light. It's the dawn of a new day. It's the dawn of creation. And what God intended for his creation is that he, the uncreated firelight, would then shine on and radiate everything in the universe with his light, with his life, with his love. And it's only in his light that then the universe finds its purpose and its meaning, its reality, its harmony, It's happiness, and especially us as human beings. 
See, we are made to receive the light and to enjoy it and to find our whole lives in this uncreated light of God. Think about it this way, except for this morning, because the sun finally came up, right? Praise God. But for the last month or so, we have had nothing but typical, dark, gloomy winter days. I was listening to the news the other day. The weatherman said we saw only three days of sun in the entire month of January. Now, I don't know about you, but that, it affects me, right? When I don't see the sun, it darkens my mood. And when I do see the sun like today, I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. Everybody walking out of church at the first service is like, oh, the sun is so great. It lifts up our spirits. So now think about that in a deeper spiritual sense, what the uncreated light does for us. We need to see it and feel it and receive it, or it darkens our souls. And perhaps you know how the story goes. In the very beginning, we thought, and we continue to think, that we could live without the light, that we could generate the light ourselves, that we could be our own lights, we could be our own gods. We are lights. Human beings, we are lights, but only in the sense that the moon is to the sun. We can't generate the light. We can only reflect it, which means we depend on it. So when we reject the light, like Adam and Eve did and like we all do, and we go hide somewhere in the shadowy bushes, we then plunge into darkness, into death, sin, and despair. But you cannot extinguish the firelight. So fast forward with me into the story, and the darkness would continue. God's people Israel are suffering under the gloom of slavery. Meanwhile, there's an 80-year-old shepherd out in the wilderness, and he sees a fire, a fire that doesn't burn up the bush. And the fire speaks to him, And that ignites something in Moses. Moses would lead Israel out of slavery to a fiery encounter with God at the top of Mount Sinai. A cloud would guide them during the day, but a pillar of fire would guide them through the wilderness through the night for 40 years until God brought them home into the promised land. But why did God bring them there? He wanted Israel to be a light to the nations, that all the nations around them would come to see and know this God, the uncreated firelight. But Israel doesn't want to be God's light to the nations. Israel wants to be like the nations and to worship their gods. And so the fire dampens in them and the darkness deepens. Flinty prophets would warn them and try to woo them, trying to spark something in their hearts but they ignored them. And soon those voices flicker out and they grow silent for 400 years. But you can't extinguish the firelight. So fast forward again. Another old man. One day he's ambling through the crowded, bustling temple. Only he and an old widow named Anna would recognize the firelight And that crazy old man rushes over and grabs that infant out of his mother's arms because he knew it. The eternal firelight is now here. That tiny baby boy. And so Simeon sang a song. Lord, now you let your servant depart in peace according to your word. 
For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to all the nations and the glory of your people Israel. Fast forward again to the darkest of days when it seems like the darkness is winning. The fiery sun's light fails. And he cries out in our darkness, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And in a mind-boggling mystery, the firelight is extinguished. What a mortal God can't do, die, he does. Through our mortal flesh, he dies. God dies. But three days later, when the night is darkness, before the fiery sun rose that morning, he rose. So that by the time the women get to the tomb at dawn, (laughs) he's already gone. The light has already been shining. He's alive. It's day one all over again. A new day has dawned. You can't extinguish the firelight. Fifty days later, he would send his fiery Holy Spirit upon the apostles and now on us. So fast forward to us. 2020. These are dark days, ever darkening. And I'm not talking about northern Indiana winter days. Friends, people are in darkness all around us. They may not think they are, but they are. There is such little faith in Jesus. They don't know who he is, and therefore they don't know who they are. And families all around us are hurting, and they're broken. And for so many people, the future seems bleak and dreary and hopeless. But not to us. Not to us. This is why we lit the candles at the beginning of this Eucharist. As we were spreading that light to each other in this darkened church, it reminds us of what we're called to do, friends. We must spread that light from person to person in this darkened world. We have the firelight. We have Jesus, and we have a bright future in Jesus. So fast forward with me now to the last day, which becomes the day that never ends. Our mortal bodies will rise and they will become immortal and undying. Do you know how the end of the Bible goes, how, what it says? It actually ends the same way that it began. Listen to this, Revelation 22. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads and night will be no more. They will need no light or lamp, or sun. For the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. That's the way He created it to be. The firelight is never extinguished. Lord, ignite the fire. Ignite the fire in us. Amen? Amen.